Welcome, nerds, to the nerdy news. Vin Diesel has more than just Fast X on his plate. We're going to talk about that. Kevin Feige is slipping some details in about the future of the MCU that are looking a little juicy. And then we also have another HBO Max series getting saved by Tubi. All of that and honestly a bunch, bunch more. So that is what we've got in store for today's episode. It is going to be a very special episode for those of you on these syndicated channels because uh, I don't have a whole lot of editing time today. I've, I've had back things. Uh, I've had to go see doctors and such and just really eaten into the time for the episode, unfortunately. So fortunately for you, all of you, again, on the syndicated outlets, i.e. Nerdy Legion and the Big Show Entertainment Network, uh, you guys are getting the full show. So you're going to get a lot more news than you normally do because it's just easier for me to edit one episode instead of five episodes. Next week is probably going to be another kind of jumbly week, so potentially another full episode for all of you syndicated folk, uh, because I have a photo gig that I need to take care of that's actually going to take me a couple of weeks to finish, so uh, the next few weeks could be a little wonky, though I believe everything should still be okay for the Friday live shows. If you want to join me Friday, you can. Uh, every Friday night we do a live show on the main YouTube channel at Generally Nerdy. Uh, uh, so go check that out if you want to join the conversation actively. Otherwise, find me on the socials. Uh, thank you for listening on whatever platform you are on currently. I think also in the slightly more distant future, there are a couple of scheduling conflicts. Uh, but as we get closer to those and I have more details, I will fill you in. That is the housekeeping. Uh, let's jump into the news, shall we? So, starting off the episode like we always do, we have music. We've got new music from Typo Negative, Creator, and Lamb of God have put out a song together. We also have updates on the next Killswitch Engage record and a bunch more, so let's jump into all of that, starting with new music and videos. We don't have any corrections or follow-ups or anything like that, but we do have new music. First thing right out the gate, Typo Negative has put out a new song. Well, not exactly a new song. They've put out a live version of a song off of their final record, Dead Again. The name of the song is Love You to Death. Uh, it is from the 2007 Walkin' Open Air Festival performance that they did. And it's honestly freaking awesome. If you like Typo Negative, if you're into the gothy kind of industrial rock stuff, then you definitely should like Typo Negative. And if you do already, then go check this out. If you don't like Typo Negative, then this might be the thing that changes your mind. Yeah, dudes are just on top of their game. Uh, Peter Steele was taken far too early. Go check out this uh, Love You to Death live performance. It's honestly worth, I, I, I can't wait to watch the whole walk and open air festival performance. It's just great, it's just great. Next up on the new music and videos section, Butcher Babies have put out a new song, and it's called Beaver Cage. Link in the description if you're curious, though I'm gonna save you a little bit of time and warn you against it. Now, Butcher Babies are not terrible. 
that I've definitely heard worse in the heavy metal music category, but oof, not a whole lot. <laughs> Every now and then I will try them again. Just, you know, they'll put out a new single and go, maybe they are getting better. And to their credit, they are legitimately getting a little better, but it's still just not for me. I'm not a fan of Butcher Babies for a lot of the same reasons why I'm not a fan of a lot of black metal and ICP and things of that nature because it's just trying to be uh, shocking for shock value and for there's no like artistic merit to the shock to me at least that's just my uh, as I've been called a number of times metal elitism coming out I'm sure but uh, this one is just not really gonna change your mind if you don't already like the butcher babies if you do already like the butcher babies it's definitely a step up from previous outings so there's that so our next song comes from Creator and Lamb of God. This one kind of came out of left field a little bit because forgot about the tour that they were going to be going on before COVID and then COVID hit and they had to cancel it. Uh, but now they're going to be reissuing that tour. They're going to be rescheduling and such. And so uh, we have State of Unrest is this song. And this is... I, yeah, this is exactly what you want it to be out of Creator and Lamb of God and then some. Uh, a lot of the comments are going, man, I never really listened to much Lamb of God, but nah, this is uh, rock and tune because they're Creator fans and vice versa. So if you don't like one of those two bands, give this one a shot because it might change your mind. Uh, this is just a hell of a lot of fun. Cannot recommend this one enough. Go check out State of Unrest from Creator and Lamb of God. Next is one that we announced was going to be happening last week, and then it happened, and we didn't talk about it on the live show, because the live show, we had a lot of other things to talk about. But uh, we are talking about it now, and that is Linkin Park's new song from the Meteora recording sessions called Lost. Um, if you are a fan of Linkin Park, this is the song that kind of should be scratching some sort of itch. It's not one of their more aggressive tunes. So if you're if you're a fan of, say, Hybrid Theory or the stuff that came out before Hybrid Theory or anything like that, that's a little more aggro, that's a little more new metal, a little less electronic, then this probably isn't the song that you're hoping it is because that's exactly what this is. This is exactly what you would expect from a song that they recorded during Meteora. Kind of the peak of their uh, popular, or the, just the beginning of the peak of their popularity anyway. It's a great tune. It's definitely something, I mean, these guys know how to write a solid song, but it's not going to change anybody's mind. If you like Linkin Park, if you have a, at least a slight appreciation for them, then you should probably check this one out. And then, I think potentially, uh, no, we'll call this one second favorite. And then we have Static X putting out a new track again. And also, this one comes with an announcement. Static X is uh, putting out another new record. It's called Project Regeneration Volume 2. Wow, original. Um, but yeah, this is a cover of Terrible Live by Nine Inch Nails, the new song produced by Edsel Dope, because uh, he's really not the lead singer for them live these days. And just, this is, this is awesome. This is, 
it's not quite as good as I wanted it to be considering the all of the people involved, the Static X covering Nine Inch Nails. I, I really had a little bit of a higher expectation, but this didn't miss the mark by much. So absolutely still a solid recommend if you are into the Static X. If you just want to hear a really rockin' cover of a Nine Inch Nails tune, man, this is where it's at. Uh, and the new project, uh, Regeneration, is coming out. Uh, oh, that's right. There is no release date for it just yet but as that happens we will talk about it here on the channel next in live music aka tours and festivals we have uh, one tour that's been announced over the last week that's worth talking about and that is emperor first time emperor has been in the u.s touring for 15 years that's right 15 years since isan uh was here Touring. Um, uh, we have, it's a very, very short tour. It's only five dates long. Starts June 23rd in Chicago, Illinois. Runs through July 1st in Anaheim, California. Tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. There is a link down in the description if you are interested so that you can get your tickets from there. That is the only piece of live music that we're talking about. So let's move into regular ass news. We got a couple of pieces for regular ass news. And that is first, Killswitch Engage. Jesse Leach said recently in an interview that the, the next record, even though we already got a record from them not too long ago, as I run into the set pieces, <laughs> the next record is already almost done with the demos, which, so as from what I've been able to discern from the process, that Killswitch Engage does, because there's a million and one different ways to write a record. But Killswitch does what a lot of metal bands do, or at least a lot of metal bands used to do when I was younger, because I'm old, uh, is they, they write the record and they, or they write a bunch of tunes, right? Throw out the ones that don't work, throw out the ones that they just can't get to fit. They focus on a number of songs that work well together as an album. And then from there, they do the uh, really rough recording themselves in like a garage or a basement or a living room as evidenced by the, uh, the Set This World Ablaze documentary behind the scenes with them. And then they take that rough mix of the song ideas and then go into a proper studio and spend a boatload of money and a fair amount of time uh, recording a proper recording for each tune. And then we have a record from Killswitch Engage. So we are almost to that final stage. I mean, obviously there's a lot more detail to it. You got to master, you got to mix, you got to do all the things, but we are almost to that point with the next Killswitch Engage record. Super stoked to hear it. It also seems that Jesse is uh, alluding to the fact that A, the proper recording time is going to be relatively quick because they want to keep it fresh and alive, or I mean, I'm definitely paraphrasing, but he said something along those lines. Uh, but also that we are going to be seeing this record come to fruition, get properly released sometime this year, possibly uh, late summer, early fall. So we will be keeping tabs on that right here on Generally Nerdy. Stay tuned for all of the things. Let's move to our next piece of regular ass news in music. And this one honestly could have potentially gone in gaming and tech, but it's going here because it has to do with Phil Labonte. Phil Labonte is the lead singer for a band called All That Remains. Uh, he also now, this is the news piece, he is now also a co-host on TimCast IRL. Uh, just really awesome to see the metal community expanding into more mainstream uh, outlets, I guess you could say. Not that Tim Pool is a mainstream news outlet at, by any means, but 
is more recognized and less niche than being in a metal band. So Phil Abonte, I mean, props to you, brother. I, I'm super excited that, uh, so, and, and they just had Tommy Vexton, who we've talked about here on the channel a number of times, just recently was kicked out of Bad Wolves um, and has been in the music scene for a number of years. They just had him on last week and it was pretty good episode. If you're not a fan of Timcast, you probably should be at least aware of it, socially, politically speaking. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's really cool, again, that the metal community is getting some outside recognition. Always a good thing. That is what we got for regular ass news. So let's talk music suggestion for this episode and it is Avatar's most recent record, Hunter Gatherer. This album is just a behemoth. I mean, that's not the name of the record, obviously, but there's a song in there called Colossus, which is A plus, man. This is just like they, they swung really far one direction with their silliness on the record previous Avatar Country. And then they went way far the opposite direction are super heavy again for Hunter Gatherer. They are putting out a new record later this year. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but it will be worth a listen as well. They've already released two singles from that. But in preparation for that, go listen to the entirety of Hunter Gatherer because it is real nice. Alright, so today's gaming and tech section, we've got updates finally on Max Payne 1 and 2, plus a couple other things. Halo Infinite is uh, doing some drops again because we're back into the professional season, as well as more GameCube games getting announced to be released on the Switch. So, uh, starting up in follow-ups and corrections. I don't believe there are any corrections, but we do have some follow-ups. Woohoo! Uh, first up is Max Payne. Max Payne 1 and 2 is being re-released by Remedy Entertainment. Uh, they gave us a very brief update in the last week. Uh, it's not the greatest news, but it is definitely promising. So what they said is that sadly, there has not been a whole lot of progress made on the release of these two games. It is going to be a simultaneous release. I believe it's going to be a single download. Um, but again, not a whole lot has been made since we heard last. But the vocabulary that was used in the official announcement uh, says that not only will this game see the light of day, but they are hoping that it is going to reinvigorate the franchise, i.e. we potentially could get more Max Payne games. Hopefully they'll be better than Max Payne 3 <laughs> and much, much better than the Max Payne movie. But still, really excited. I have nothing but fond memories of those first two games. So the fact that we potentially could see more Max Payne in the future, if nothing else, just an updated look to those first few games, I'm, I'm definitely on board for that. Uh, and and it also the vocabulary used in this press release uh, very much makes it appear at the very least that Remedy is very excited about this, which means they're going to focus a lot on it and hopefully give us something worth buying. So there's that. Our next uh, update comes from Dead Island 2, a game that we've been tracking since it was rumored. Uh, Dead Island 2 is finally, finally coming out. We already know this, but the new piece is that it is going to be released a week earlier than previously announced. Uh, previously, it was supposed to be coming out April 28th of this year. Now it is coming out April 21st of this year. Uh, not a giant update, but 
the giant piece of that it is already certified gold because of pre-sales, which is why they decided to bump it up a little bit. So that's pretty freaking awesome. I'm not going to lie. I am very much excited about it. I played the I played the first one, really, really got into it. I'm very excited for the second one to finally see the light of day. Uh, if you are as well, let's talk about that. Comments, social medias, whatever. Uh, and then our next update has to do with Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, this one's a real quick piece. Uh, this one's fairly significant, just kind of juxtaposing your knowledge of current generation consoles. Uh, this is going to be one of the, I mean, probably top five of the of download sizes for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and, and with that being said, the total size is 18.2 gig. <laughs> which seems actually rather small when you think about the fact that like Call of Duty was 60 plus gigs. I'm pretty sure at this point Halo, if you were to download the the just the free bits of Halo, that's over 30 to 40 gigs. Just it's it's so interesting to see the different way that Nintendo functions versus how everybody else in the industry is functioning right now. Because you try and download a Steam game. I tried downloading Apex Legends on my system the other day because I didn't have it for some reason. And it was 62 gigabytes for a free to play game. So that, it's it's interesting. Either way, it's going to be a, a memory card unto itself if you want to play Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom. But yeah, just again, really fun to juxtapose those two things. Uh, and then our final follow-up has to do with Halo Infinite. We are starting another pro season for Halo Infinite. Uh, HCS will be coming back uh, February 24th is going to be the beginning of it. February 24th uh, through the 28th. Uh, they are doing some Twitch drops if you want to get in on that. This time it actually looks like it's going to be worth watching some uh, Halo action for because there's these are I'm really digging it's weapon skins. They're calling it Death Hex. It's a it's like a it's a better version of the whatever the hell that diamond aluminum foil stuff was for the they, we had a couple of weapon skins and a, an armor skin last time. Um this is like a better version of that. It's it's a lot darker, it's, but there's still like some shimmer stuff. I don't know. You, pictures on the screen, if you're watching me, if you're not, if you're listening, then you're going to have to Google it. But yeah, Death Hex, uh, you can get these weapon coatings, again, starting February 24th and running through the 28th if you watch some HCS on Twitch. That is all of our follow-ups and corrections. Let's get into some regular-ass news. Uh, GameCube games announced for the Nintendo Switch. We already know there's a couple of them. Uh, uh, Metroid Prime's the only one that's coming to mind. Didn't take the greatest notes for this because the other games don't exactly matter for this announcement, but uh, we do have two Batten Kaitos games have been announced also from the, the Nintendo GameCube now being released on the virtual console for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so Batten Kaitos Eternal Wings and The Lost Ocean, as well as Batten Kaitos Origins, which are going to be rebranded as Batten Kaitos 1 and 2 HD Remaster, they are coming to the game store for the Nintendo Switch and you will be able to play them. Ben Kaidos RPG, solid, solid game. I didn't really get into it back in the day. Don't have a Switch today to get into it now, but I'm really working on that, all right? Come on now. Cut me some slack. But yeah, so if you are a fan of GameCube era RPGs, this is some of the best gameplay you are going to find. So uh, the release date for them is not specific just yet, but we do have a window. That window is this summer. 
sometime. So you've got about a three-month window, right?、Uh, that is what we've got for regular ass news. Let's talk now about gaming and tech suggestions. This is going to be a little bit different. For this episode, and that is, I'm suggesting to you an AI art generator. Instantart.io is the AI art generator. It gives you unlimited free image generations. It is a little, the interface is a little wonky. You kind of have to finesse it just a little bit, but it is pretty great.、Uh, the reason that I'm suggesting this to you is because a AI art is kind of huge right now. And so it's a free generator. It also gives you the ability to use many different variations of the AI art generating algorithms. So you've got a bunch of different versions of Stable Diffusion. You have one that resembles Midjourney. It's not quite as good as Midjourney, but it definitely resembles Midjourney. And honestly, it's just a lot of fun to do. So again, InstantArt.io. You have over 25. Fine-tunable models of stable diffusion to work through, and you're going to be wasting plenty of time doing it. So go have fun at InstantArt.io. Comic books and books. We've got、uh, we've got quite the section for this episode. First up, we've got Poison Ivy、uh, coming back into the news. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin. Two, as well as more White Knight. Yes, please and thank you. Let's get into this. All right, follow-ups and corrections. We've got Poison Ivy. We talked about the Poison Ivy series,、uh, the the mini series. It was a, a limited series, I guess. Before got turned into a maxi, went from. Six issues to twelve issues, and now it's going even further. It's getting turned into an ongoing series,、uh, so that's pretty awesome. The only thing that kind of gives you a little kind of、uh, reservation about this is the main writer is G Willow Wilson, so not the most sterling track record, but also she's done some good stuff. So you know it could go either way, and you know Poison Ivy. Hasn't had her own book for some time, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes.、Uh, but the first book of the ongoing portion of the series, so book number thirteen, will be on shelves in June, and then the hardcover trade of the first six issues, so the first half of the mini maxi,、uh, will be on shelves May sixteenth. So go check it out.、Uh, let me know what you think. I haven't been able to read this one yet, but、uh, I mean it's it's all, it's kind of low on the. List, but it's on the list.、Uh, next, we're getting into some regular ass news, and the first thing in regular ass news is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin Two.、Uh, this almost could have been a follow up because we kind of.、Uh, Figured that it was going this direction, but now we have the official word that Kevin Eastman is going to be continuing this Last Ronin universe, if you will.、Uh, the four turtles that we talked about previously are going to grow up, and we're going to see their evolution, and it's going to be kind of awesome. Well, that's the assumption. There's no official word as, as to exactly where the Last Ronin is going, but. That seems to be the logical extension of that.、Uh, there is some speculation that maybe he's going to focus on、uh, a little bit more detail on how the other turtles died. <laughs> But I think we already have enough of that. I think moving forward is the best course of action. So yeah, pretty excited about that. It will pick up as soon as we get through the end of the、uh, the Lost Years、uh, side story that is about to start or just started. I can't remember which.、Uh, but yeah, so pretty awesome. More details as we get closer to that. 
Until then, let's move on. Next, we're talking about Brave and the Bold. That's right, in comic books, this has already been a thing, but they're bringing it back, presumably to tie it in with the movie, which would make a lot of sense. This comic version of that title is going to feature a rotating array of stories spotlighting various characters and creators inside of the Bat universe. Sorry, I'm reading a little bit because there was it was, it was a lot of information, so... Uh, it will also include a four-part retelling of the first clash between Batman and Joker by Tom King with uh, Mitch Garrods, I believe, doing the art. Uh, the debut issue of Brave and the Bold will be 64 pages with three main stories inside the book. So that's pretty freaking awesome. It will also include a story from Dan Mora, who is an artist, but he's now writing a new Batman uh, tale and introducing a new Bat-themed hero, maybe? So yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, more details as we get closer to that. But then let's get into the piece that I'm the most excited about for comic books and books. And that is White Knight. Generation Joker, uh, Batman the White Knight is has been one of the greatest Batman stories told in a long, long time. Sean Murphy is doing real great stuff. And now we have another continuation of the universe. This one is not going to be written directly by Sean Murphy, but uh, it is going to be some familiar faces. The new series is going to reunite Sean Murphy with uh, Katanya, uh, Katana Collins, sorry, words, uh, as well as Clay McCormick and will feature Mirka Gandolfo as the artist. So again, not really going to be Sean Murphy directly, but still going to be great. Uh, the story will revolve around Jackie and Bryce. These two new characters are going on a road trip alongside the, a hologram of the Joker. First issue is set to release in July, and they have also said, Sean, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy has also said that this will not be the end of the White Knight universe as well. It is going to continue to move forward and uh, more power to him because almost everything that's come out of this has been great. So my sign of approval for sure. Uh, next, we're talking about Carnage and Miles Morales. We're going to be seeing a uh, mashup miniseries between these two. So Marvel's Summer of Symbiotes continues in May. Carnage uh, has a seven-part crossover between uh, he and Miles Morales. The, the Carnage side of this story obviously is going to focus on Carnage and him just getting way OP. Uh, but then also on the Miles Morales side of this, we're picking up a new Miles mentor named Misty Knight. Uh, we have a new villain, maybe. And that, I mean, that should be enough right there, right? So uh, book is going to be on shelves May 3rd. Go check it out when it hits your store. Uh, so that is everything in regular ass news. Let's talk suggestions. We have a literature suggestion, so a book. Uh, that is Snow Crash. We talked last time about Neil Stevenson's magnum opus, if you will, a The Diamond Age or A Young Lady's Illustrated Primer. Uh, now, this is the book that precedes that. Snow Crash is kind of the big one that, that blew him up. This was his first cyberpunk huge book. Came out in 94, 92, I apologize, 92. Uh, he won awards for it in 93 and in 94. The British Science Fiction Award in 93 and Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke Award this is kind of the first example of why naming your company Meta was probably not a great idea. So absolutely worth a read. Go check it out. Neil Stevenson, Snow Crash. 
So now let's talk episodic shows. Uh, we have basically a bunch of follow-ups. We're, we're following up on The Nevers. We're following up on The Walking Dead universe of shows. We also have a great, uh, awesome announcement about the peripheral and then a couple other things to get to. So, uh, like I said, jumping into follow-ups and corrections. No corrections, but we're following with The Nevers. This is the final probably final Joss Whedon series that we will very likely ever see. It's honestly like aside from what you may or may not think about Joss Whedon as a human being, this show is so incredibly interesting. I can't believe like they didn't give it to a different showrunner when they decided to sever ties with Joss Whedon because it's just such a rich world to live in and we only got half of a season from it. So the piece here is that Tubi, we've talked about this previously, Tubi is not only going to be getting those six episodes that we previously had on HBO Max, but they are also going to be getting the final six episodes of the season as well. So we're getting 12 episodes of The Nevers on Tubi. It's going to be so cool. Like, I'm seriously kind of chomping at the bit to watch this because I did. I feel like I didn't get to see that the, there's no conclusion. I feel partial and not complete and things and we're moving on. <laughs> Next, we're talking about the Walking Dead universe. The Michonne and Rick series is officially happening, so much so that it's officially happening. They are in active production on the series right now. Super stoked about this because I'm almost done with season 11 of The Walking Dead. Like, I think I have four more episodes. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen in order to tie up these loose ends in these four episodes. But also, they have to set up at least three spinoff shows. So, the first of those spinoff shows is right now in production. I don't know when we're going to be seeing anything else uh, as far as like release dates and stuff for this, but we will be keeping tabs. Let's move on. Next we have, oh, this one kind of breaks my heart actually. Next we have Avenue 5. Avenue 5 HBO Max series that kind of felt under the chopping block. Uh, season two of Avenue 5 featuring Hugh Laurie, Josh Gad, and a number of other familiar faces that you will absolutely appreciate. It is a science fiction sitcom on a uh, cruise, a, a luxury cruise, cruise liner in space. Words. First day with the new tongue. I apologize. Um, luxury cruise liner in space. And Hugh Laurie is the captain. And he's just, and Josh Gad is the, the guy who owns the company who does the cruise. It's just ridiculous this is this is a prime example of not all art has to be like super deep and meaningful but man there is substance here that you just can't get enough of and i'm and i'm, I'm hyping it up right now but the the, the news piece is that it's canceled <laughs> we're only getting these two seasons we're not going to get a conclusion to this story which really grinds my gears i'm not going to lie uh, sadly, it is what it is, and that's just kind of how we have to deal with it. So our next piece of follow-up news in the episodic section is The Peripheral. I just finished this one as well, as we talked about in the That Just Happened show. Uh, Peripheral is coming back for season two. Yes! Super excited. Now I really have to finish reading the book before they come back for season two, because I'm pretty sure that what we got in season one is not the entirety of the book. Though I'm also fairly certain that there is already a sequel book, because Gibson is the 
type that writes trilogies regularly. So yeah, maybe maybe it did. I just don't know. Either way, it's a really, really kick-ass show. Again, more science fiction. This one has to do with kind of with time travel, alternate universes, multiverse kind of action going on. Um, but in a very neo-cyberpunk kind of way and just, oh, the whodunit elements and, and uh, I don't know. I just love Gibson. I really love his work and uh, an adequate translation of his work is always worth an investigation. This is far more than adequate. Uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy did fantastic with season one, so it's no surprise to me that they got a season two. I was just kind of worried because everything seems to be getting canceled these days. Uh, so yeah, very excited. That's what we got there. Let's move on. We have no regular ass news. So, episodic suggestions. We're talking about heroes. I've suggested this once before. It was many months ago. So we're coming back into it because we are in this golden age of television that kind of, in a lot of ways, as far as the nerd content is concerned, was ushered in by Heroes. It was on NBC. It ran, I believe, uh, four, three or four seasons. And then they tried to reboot it again. Really, anything past season two is not the greatest. But man, season one and season two are 100% the recommendation for this episode. If you really, really dig them, then season three is okay, and the reboot season is... Uh, it's watchable. <laughs> Either way, season one, season two of Heroes, worth your time. That is your suggestion in episodic content this week. So let's talk movie news, shall we? We've got something from the Chronicles of Riddick. we got to talk about all of those trailers that happened during the big game, because we can't say, you know, those other two words. Uh, and then we also have a lot of information from Kevin Feige going forward with the MCU. So, starting in follow-ups and corrections, we have a follow-up on Chronicles of Riddick. That's right, not only does Vin Diesel have a new Fast and Furious movie coming out very soon, because that was one of the trailers, but we now have some more information about the next Chronicles of Riddick movie. Chronicles of Riddick Furia, uh, David Tuhi is going to be back on board to write and direct. This, I'm pretty sure, will be the fourth time that he has done a uh, Chronicles of Riddick movie. And if you're keeping score at home, kids, that means he's done all of them. I, there is a potential that I'm misremembering that, and he could have not done the first one, but I know he did the second and third. He also did uh, at least one of the games and at least one of the animes. So, yeah, he's well-versed in the Chronicles of Riddick universe. Hopefully, we can get a little bit more of a budget for this one than we did for Riddick, the third installment, because the, the second one really sets up this giant universe that we don't get to see in the third one. Hopefully, we we will get a fair amount of it, though, in the fourth one, uh, Furia. So no release date or anything else on that just yet. We will be keeping tabs. Let's move right along. Next, we are moving into trailers. So I don't believe that this first trailer happened during the Super Bowl. I didn't watch the Super Bowl, so I could be not remembering that correctly, but we're going to set it aside either way. It is Children of the Corn. Um, this, <laughs> if you're a Stephen King fan, you're probably excited about this. This trailer might get you excited otherwise. I 
don't think it really does the job that they're trying to do. You can go check it out. I just, I, it, it doesn't have me excited about it. It looks better than the original Children of the Corn movie, for sure, but that's a pretty low bar to jump over, so that's not saying a whole hell of a lot. Uh, but that's what we got for that. So next, let's talk about these Super Bowl trailers, and I'm just going to give you my real quick super nerdy hot take. Uh, so, super nerdy hot take on the Super Bowl trailers. First up, we got Ant-Man. It looks a lot more epic than I think the reviewers are appreciating in the early screening reviews, but uh, that we'll see how that goes on Friday. Uh, and then we have Creed 3, Jonathan Majors. Really looks like he's trying to prove himself as one of the greatest actors of this generation, and I'm all for it. Let's do this. And then we have uh, Scream 6. Eh... And then we have 65. This movie will absolutely flop. It is not going to go anywhere. D&D, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, this is going to underperform. I don't necessarily think I will flop, but I think it will definitely underperform. We have Air, the Michael Jordan biopic. This is probably going to do really, really well. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon making a movie together again. Absolutely has this. Uh, and it's about Michael freaking Jordan. Yeah, for sure. That's gonna go. That's gonna go places. Fast X. Go, good lord. These movies need to stop. But I'm still definitely on board for all of the crazy. <laughs> Guardians three. Uh, okay, for real though. Does Rocket die in this movie? Did anyone? comments or whatever. Uh, next, we're talking Transformers Rise of the Beasts. This movie will not be enough to salvage this franchise. Just won't. Just the way it is. Sad, but true. Uh, then we have the Flash trailer that everybody's been talking about. And yeah, I can see how this is getting labeled as potentially the best comic book movie ever. It looks substantially epic. So yeah, sure, absolutely. And then Indiana Jones 5. Based off of this trailer alone, not any of the other rumors and hype and what have you, this movie's going to flop too. So that is, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's the way things are in as, as, as I see them, let's move right along. We get, we got some regular ass news and this regular ass news is going to take a second to go through. Uh, actually, no, we, uh, we got, just got a breaking news piece. Uh, and I'm going to get into this, uh, breaking news piece is Raquel Welsh has passed away. I, uh, this was sent to me. Uh, she was 82 years old. I do not know the circumstances around her, her passing or anything along those lines. So yeah, uh, don't want to end on the sad note. So we're going to put the sad note in first. Raquel Welsh, 82. going to take just a moment. Okay. So, like I said, we've got some Feige news to talk about. Kevin Feige, <laughs> uh, not to be outdone by James Gunn, has given us, he did an interview, I, I think it was with Collider, I could be mistaken. Either way, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember who the interview was with, it's just everybody's covering the information. So, we're gonna, we're gonna give you the TLDR of what he said in this, and then actually, there's a little bit in the rumor mill that he kind of feeds into as well, but we'll get to that. Either way, regular ass news, Kevin Feige, big man over at Marvel, dropped some knowledge bombs. First up, we now know officially that Harrison Ford is going to be playing Thaddeus Ross, is going to be not just the Red Hulk, but is going to be the president in the MCU, at least when we first are introduced to the character. So that's pretty huge. 
Next, we have Spider-Man 4 currently in some stage of production, and we have official word that Tom Holland is returning as Spider-Man. I feel like this one could have gone without saying, but it's nice to know for certain that these are the things that are happening. Uh, then we have Deadpool 3. This one's kind of a big one as well. Deadpool 3 will, in fact, be an R-rated movie. And not just that, but we can kind of extrapolate some other things based off of the next, this next piece of information, and that is it will be the first R-rated movie in the MCU. So anything that we were speculating on that's supposed to come out before that, i.e. Blade, is not going to be R-rated. Kevin Feige very specifically said that Deadpool is going to be the first MCU R-rated movie. Next piece, this one's kind of a little more just a, a interesting observation. He's trying to hype up Kamala Khan as, quote, the next Peter Parker, but we still have Peter Parker and he's a much more popular character in all forms of media. So I don't know why that needs to be a thing. But the final actual piece of news is that Bucky Barnes is officially set to be the lead character for the Thunderbolts movie. Hmm. Very interesting there. And then, like I said, there are some rumors that kind of sprung out of this, but we'll get into that in the rumor mill. So all that leaves is our movie suggestion for the week movie suggestion everybody needs a good laugh man and this is probably one of my favorite comedies and that is liar liar starring jim carrey came out in 1997 so some of the things have not aged exactly the greatest but it is still one of the funniest movies you're ever going to put your eyeballs on. Uh, Jim Carrey, after this, kind of lost a lot of his luster. This was the last great Jim Carrey movie, according to many fans. Uh, so uh, you owe it to yourself and, and your gut <laughs> to go find a way to... I, I meant to look up where you can stream this because I just own it, but it's absolutely worth a look. If, if you can find it, if you can get your hands on it somehow, you should watch it this week because, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. And that brings us to the rumor mill. Uh, in the rumor mill, we've got some Batman confirmation, kind of. We have phase five giant rumors here. We also have Halo Infinite leaks. Very exciting. So let's get into this. So confirmation refutations. No, nothing has been refuted just yet. Not exactly anyway. And actually, honestly, this isn't 100% confirmation, but it is worth noting that James Gunn, according to him, the man in charge of the DCU has said that no existing Batman will be the Batman for the DCU going forward. So no Christian Bale, no George Clooney, no Val Kilmer, as was previously uh, reported in rumor. But he very explicitly avoided the first part of that rumor, saying that one of those three Batman is going to cameo in the Flash movie. We already have two Batman in, in the Flash movie, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, so very intriguing. I, I really feel like there is a there is a snippet of potentially Christian Bale, but uh, in the trailer that we all got over the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm probably wrong. <laughs> Either way, very interesting to think about. We absolutely know it's not Val Kilmer because he can't. We also absolutely know that it's uh, maybe not absolutely, but it's very unlikely it's going to be George Clooney. So yeah, Christian Bale, Batman coming for a cameo. I'm down for it. And then going off the back of that, there was also a rumor 
or uh, hearsay or something. Somebody's talking about Christian Bale has said that he would be willing to come back for a fourth uh, Christopher Nolan directed Batman movie. So something to think about. We're not going to cover that uh, rumor necessarily directly. Let's get into new sources for old rumors. And that uh, puts us on to phase five. These, there was a giant uh, cosmic circus did the whole podcast and they discussed a whole bunch of stuff. These are the some of the insiders, quote, quote, that we uh, use for the rumor mill. Uh, so let's talk about this. Uh, first off, phase five is not going to be exclusively multiverse centric. Only about half of the movies are going to be uh, uh, directly dealing into the multiverse, even though they're trying to set up a lot of multiversal things for future phases going forward as we are in the time uh, saga right now, I think is what they refer to it as. Uh, so that's the first bit of this rumor. Next, we're talking uh, that the, the movies or the IPs rather that will feed into the multiverse is the Marvels, Agatha, Fantastic Four, Deadpool 3, Ant-Man, Quantumania, Loki Season 2. That's it. Everything else that's coming out in Phase 5 is going to be relatively self-contained. At the very least, is not going to feed into the uh, the multiverse directly. That's not to say that there's not going to be post-credit scenes, again, according to the rumor. But as it stands right now, that is what it is. Uh, then they go on to say, and there's two and thens to this. The first one is the 838 universe, which their uh, Illuminati is the one that was supposedly killed at the end of the uh, the Multiverse of Madness movie. Uh, the 838 universe is supposed to be factoring in overall in in Phase Five, and it's very very heavy, heavily affecting the overall plot of Phase Five. So that kind of contradicts the first part of the rumor but is still a lot of fun to consider. Uh, and then also Iron Man from 838 is supposedly going to be revealed at some point, and he's going to be a minor antagonist against the Avengers as we get towards the Avengers King Dynasty movie. So, wow, that's a lot to unpack. Um, these guys have a very mixed track record, very, very mixed. Um, some of this sounds like a load of hooey. Some of this honestly sounds like planted rumors to throw us off on other things. So they're, they're taking this as a whole, I'm going to give this about 55% accuracy. I do, I do believe that list. I think there's very probably going to be more, maybe not directly feeding into the multiverse, but uh, at the very least have some sort of multiversal elements to other things beyond just Marvel's Agatha, Fantastic Four, etc, etc. So that I think is incomplete. Uh, I think the 838 universe factoring heavily into the overall plot is a bit of a stretch. I don't see that because you got to make it easy for normies to understand. And that I think is just a bridge too far. I don't think that maybe it will come back to some degree. Sure. But factoring heavily into the overall plot of phase five not freaking likely. Uh, Iron Man from 838, that seems a little more plausible, but again, nah, just that's those are the two things that really kill this. So yeah, again, 55% likely that that's a thing. Let's move next to Twisted Metal, not the Showtime slash Peacock series, but the game franchise itself. So we have word that Fire Sprite is the game studio that is developing the game. This is not a new rumor. Actually, I believe this is 
quasi been substantiated, so it's almost news. <laughs> but since that is the situation, since they haven't come out and explicitly said they're the studio that's making it, uh, people have gone in and, and, and looked at job listings and have been kind of inferring some things. That's where this, these rumors come from. So, uh, one job listing, according to the company, oh, I, let's, I'm sorry, start, there's one thing before that. That, that is, they're going to release the game to coincide with the release of the Peacock series, again, starring Anthony Mackie. So, uh, the, there's also a job listing that is looking for somebody with development experience in not only motor vehicle combat, but also on foot combat, meaning there's going to be a very different element to the new Twisted Metal franchise if these rumors are to be believed. There is a lot here that has been mostly substantiated, so and this also comes from two pretty good solid rumor, uh, rumor mongers, if you will. Uh, so we're putting this one at about 70% likely. This sounds pretty legit. Uh, very probably will be getting some sort of announcement for the Twisted Metal game very soon if this information is to be believed. Uh, next, we are talking about Metroid Prime. Uh, so with the announcement of Metroid Prime Remaster, there are two rumors that have followed very closely behind this. First is that Metroid Prime 2 and 3 are both going to be getting re-released, not remastered, but uh, they're going to be on the virtual console. So you'll be able to play them, but they're not getting the same treatment as Metroid Prime 1. And then it goes on to say, not just that, but we are also going to be getting an announcement, not the actual release of the game, but an announcement of Metroid Prime 4 by the end of this year. So very probably the Game Awards in December. So this one's a little way out, little ways out, but we do have the ability to track its accuracy. So we're gonna keep doing that as much as we can. That is what we have for new sources for old rumors. Let's talk about new rumors, shall we? Because we've got a fair amount of rumors to cover. Uh, first up, we have Fantastic Four rumor. Uh, two of them, actually. First up is that Mila Kunis is rumored to be playing Sue Storm. This one I can't really buy so much. Just the, the the people involved. Yes, Mila Kunis would check a couple of different boxes as far as like who Sue Storm is on the socially politically aware kind of elements. Uh, but I just I feel like I feel like she's a busier woman than that. And also this is kind of a huge thing for her to jump into the MCU with. I don't know, it just feels wrong. So we're going 40% with Mila Kunis. But then the other Fantastic Four rumor here is that Penn Bagley, uh, Badgley I, maybe is how you say his name, uh, the guy from You, he is also rumored to have been cast in the movie, but this time in a secret role. So the fact that his role is being kept secret kind of lends to its credence just a little bit. Also, the fact that he's almost having a moment, like not quite as super popular as maybe some other casting choices that they've made in the past, uh, but he's just obscure enough and just young enough that maybe he is being brought in 
potentially as uh, Doctor Doom or maybe even Reed Richards, maybe? Uh, I think there's slightly better chance that he is being cast than isn't, so we're going to put this one at 55%, so just over that indecision mark. Uh, next is a Star Wars rumor. This one has uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II set to star in the Damon Lindelof Star Wars movie that we know is coming. Uh, there's, I mean, this one just I'm just going on gut. 65% likely that this is a thing. Yahya Abdul is gigantic. Star Wars needs star power to get people interested again. Uh, I don't know that Damon Lindelof is the guy that's going to do it for us, but Yahya Abdul-Mateen might be the guy to do it for us. So yeah, 65% likely that that's a thing. Next is a gaming rumor. We have Assassin's Creed. The second VR game is being rumored to be in development. Again, why not? Like there's this one comes from a solid source. There's very little substantiable, substantiatable uh, evidence here. So can't give it super high, but I mean, there's very little reason to doubt this. So we're going to say 65% on this one as well. Uh, then we have Starfield. This one's kind of huge. Leaked Starfield release date. The leaked Starfield release date is June 29th of 2023. This is according to uh, GOG Galaxy. They accidentally released the date that they were supposedly given. Now, that is a very peculiar date because Thursdays are not exactly big days for AAA titles to be released. Also, it's kind of soon considering the fact that we have very little to show for the release. So, those two factors, I feel like this is, this was legitimately posted on GOG Galaxy. They usually, you know, they release games and things. They're a platform through which you release games. Um, so yes, I believe they were given this date as a placeholder. I don't think that's the actual date. So we're gonna put this one at 40%, just cause it, there is a slight possibility, just not a, not, not very good one at all. Uh, and then next, we're talking about Halo Infinite and all those leaks. There has been a fairly steady stream of leaked images, which we're going to do in a short this week. But uh, we, I wanted to kind of touch on the leaks uh, that have to do with like season three and beyond. We've talked about uh, future seasons going forward, and some of this is substantiating previous rumors to a certain degree. So uh, we're going to just start at the top of the list. First up is season three is going to be infection focused. We already have uh, key art for Infection that is supposedly going to be released during Season 3. Will it be the entire season's focus? Probably not. I'm going to venture to say that of the three-month season, which crossing our fingers that that actually happens, of that three-month season, probably the recurring event is going to be Infection, but it's not going to be the entire season exactly. So that, does that make sense? Uh, next is there are currently 20 to 28 developer maps being developed. Uh, uh, not all of them are set to release for season three, according to the leak or rumor, however you want to look at this. Um, just approximately three to five are going to be released during season three, which sounds actually perfect. That is a, that is a, that is a sweet spot number. Pro I would prefer five, but if we get three, I'm still going to be happy because developer maps are always just that little bit better. And my old ass Xbox 
doesn't take as long to load them as it does the uh, the, fan, the forge made maps. Uh, next, we have a couple of forge pieces here. Uh, forge, you're going to have proper AI that you can forge in your map. Also uh, related to that, there's going to be brutes, elites, and grunts all spawnable in Forge, not going to be their final form. It sounds like the, the AI that they have assigned to those character types is quite dumb <laughs> and not very difficult to kill at all. But as Forge progresses, that's going to get better and better. And then we have new game mode. Firefight is going to be finding its way into Halo Infinite sometime in the future. This one was very specific to leave off the Season 3 designation, but I mean, it's in Halo Master Chief Collection. It seems uh, adequate that it would also find its way into Infinite. And then also the, attached to Season 3 this time, we have a new weapon and a new gear type, one of which has previously been leaked. The, the This most recent leak did not specify which of those, so maybe it's double barrel shotgun. We already know we're getting the Shroud, so this very possibly is referring to the Shroud because that was leaked long Long before they made the announcement that that was going to be a new gear type but this could be referring to a couple of other things that i'm honestly drawing a blank right now because they're not directly in the notes but yeah uh so that's that's the 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 halo leaks like i said we're looking at 80 percent likely that the this is an accurate list i i will be very surprised if the things that are tagged for season three don't actually find their way into season three and the things that are not specifically tagged for a season don't find their way into the game sometime in the next year to year and a half, I would say. If you don't know what I'm talking about, some of these follow-ups, corrections, confirmations, what have you, uh, don't ring any bells, then you're going to have to go check out older videos, older news updates in order to catch up. And you can do that by, you know, tapping the screen where the box shows up. I can never remember which side it's on. Uh, either way, thank you very much, nerds, for checking checking out today's episode. Uh, on the YouTubes, it is Generally Nerdy, but everywhere else, just look for Generally Nerdy, unless you're on the syndicated outlets. And thank you very much, Nerdy Legion and Big Show Entertainment Network for hosting me so that we can get all of this nerdy news out there. We will be back next week, possibly for another rushed episode, but either way, I'll see you then. Before we go now, though, always, always remember that if it's Generally Nerdy, nerds, it's probably here.